everybody and welcome to another podcast with me, Andrew Gray of Truth Legal Solicitors. Today I'm going to talk to Linda Fenton of Impact HR all about settlement agreements from an employer's perspective. Uh, good morning, Linda. How are you? Morning, Andrew. Great, thank you. How are you? Yeah, absolutely great. Thank you for coming here for this interview. Very brave of you to do so. So tell me about Linda Fenton. Who are you? Where do you live? Right. I, my name's Linda Fenton. I run an HR company called Impact. That stands for Employment Advice, Consultation and Training. I run the business from home, actually. My home is in Menston. And I usually work at clients' premises. So I look after employers, try to take the headache out of dealing with employees. Sure. And that's what I do. Uh, I can do anything from assisting with uh, induction training when an employee first starts, right through to dismissing employees and indeed organising settlement agreements, which is what we're here to talk today about. Sure. So I assume that some of the large employers will have their own HR department. So are you effectively a bolt-on for companies that can't afford their own HR department? Yeah, absolutely. We can be there just when the employer needs us, rather than coming in uh, and being an expense the employer has to have on their payroll constantly. We can just be there as and when we're needed. And it's much more cost-effective for the employer to do that. Because you don't have to pay for expensive solicitors, no doubt. Exactly right. But not only that, we do actually have clients who have an HR manager, and the HR manager sees us as a support mechanism for them, and somebody they can turn to and say, this is the way I'm thinking, is this right? And so we can answer that for them and make them feel more comfortable and more able to do their job properly. And how many years have you been working in HR? I've been working in HR for 47 years now. (laughs) (laughs) I realise that's quite a long time. It is is sensible to say that probably I came across the majority of situations within the first, say, 25 years. So anything after that's really been just add-on experience. Yeah, I bet. And and tell me, why why do HR? What, What do you love about it, assuming you do love it? Tell us. I love dealing with people. I love persuading them how to deal with an issue. I love helping employers who have sort of thrown their hands in the air and saying, I don't know how on earth we're going to deal with this. I love helping them find a way through and uh, looking after them and dealing with their employees in an effective manner. And what separates impact from any other HR advisor consultancy business? Well... Our strapline is always by your side. We like to actually be part of the management team. I like that strapline. It's a good strapline. Yeah, we think so. When we go into an employer, we behave as if we are employed by them. We look after them as if we're employed by them. We look after their pocket. We don't charge extortionate fees ourselves. And we look at the best, most cost-effective way that we can resolve their problems for them. So whilst there are plenty of HR people out there doing the job it's my genuine belief that nobody cares quite as much as we do i can believe that well thank you for that introduction linda so today the, the point of the podcast is to explore settlement agreements from a, a hr or employer perspective so first of all set out would you please uh, what a settlement agreement actually is because i imagine a lot of people don't know No. Settlement agreements used to have a different name. They used to be called compromise agreements, but it changed a few years ago. So some people might have heard of compromise agreements. Basically, a settlement agreement is an agreement between an employer and an employee for that employee to leave the business. 
um, there's usually a consideration of some sort. Um, By consideration, an, you mean? Um, an amount of money that the employer gives to the employee to leave. And the employee also signs their rights away to take the employer to an employment tribunal to pursue a case of unfair dismissal or discrimination or many other claims that could be pursued in an employment tribunal. Absolutely. So is it right that employers like using them or is it a last resort? Well, some employers use it as a first resort. Some employers say, oh, let's do a settlement agreement and get, get, uh, get shot of this thorn in our side. Other employers feel that they don't want to go through the whole of the disciplinary process, um, which can be lengthy. And so they will look to a settlement agreement rather than to go through the disciplinary process. Sure. So from an employer's point of view, would you say generally what you think are the main advantages to offering and, and I suppose having accepted a settlement agreement with an employee? Well, you've got the assuredness, of course, that they can't take you to an employment tribunal. Under normal circumstances, if an employee leaves, whether they're dismissed or they resign, they've got a period of three months from the date of termination of employment to initially contact ACAS and then put in subsequently an employment tribunal claim. It used to be a very clear three months, and at the end of three months, that was the end of the matter, and you could breathe a sigh of relief as an employer. But now that three months is extended by what's called the ACAS early conciliation process, and that can extend the three months to really up to five and a half months, depending upon how exactly the uh, ACAS position works. So when somebody leaves, you could be sitting there with your heart in your mouth as an employer for a period of almost six months before you can actually breathe that sigh of relief and think, right, they're not going to take action against us. So having a settlement agreement takes that away and you can sort of get get rid of the employee, who clearly you don't want, otherwise you'd never have offered the settlement agreement, and get on with life and running your business, which is far more important than worrying about what an ex-employee is going to do. Absolutely, I agree with you. And of course, as well, any contractual claims have got a six-year time limit. It's rare that an employee would bring a contractual claim sort of for notice pay in a county court, but of course they can do so. And having a settlement agreement, you're absolutely right, just does tidy everything up for people. So mm. would you explain for employers listening about how the confidentiality sort of provisions normally work in a settlement agreement? I imagine they'll vary, but you know, from your perspective... Yes, it does, it does vary. There are some employees who you actually really wouldn't be even that bothered if they said anything uh, bad about you as an employer, although there are very few... Uh, nobody wants anything bad said about them, irrespective of how silly the things are that are said. But you can have, in the same way as you have restrictive covenants in a contract of employment sometimes, which stops the employee setting up in business, uh, in direct competition with you, trying to steal your clients, uh, trying to steal your employees, those sorts of things. You can have restrictive covenants within a settlement agreement in exactly the same way as you can within a contract of employment. That means that you can be sure that the employee, um, however senior they were, is not going to damage your business, which is the most important consideration. You need to be able to continue in your business without worrying about what somebody else is going to do to damage it, other than your normal competition. Absolutely, I I agree with you entirely. Uh, People do, in my experience, really like the confidentiality provision that employees don't speak ill of employers and vice versa. But from an employer's point of view, 
about, you know, it must be really painful to offer money to an employee who they don't like. You know, how much should an employer offer? And, you know, could you give some maybe some pointers as to an employer that really doesn't want to pay anything, but really ought to? Well, I think the first thing is, you really are going to save money. Because if you go through the disciplinary process in a proper way, um, you're going to go through a verbal warning, then a written warning, then a final written warning, and then dismissal. That could easily take, dependent upon the faults of the employee, um, and pinning them down to those faults, that could easily take six months. If you sit down with an employee on day one of those six months and say, look, we really we would like to part company with you and here are the terms we're prepared to offer, you could actually, at no additional cost to yourself, you could offer, say, six months' salary, which seems a very generous offer to the employee, and yet it's the money that you would have had to pay out anyway. So, you know, you, you're quids in and you can get on with running your business, as I say, and without that employee disrupting that by you keeping having to take time off to follow a proper process. What happens in a situation when an employer uh, potentially could dismiss an employee and therefore the employee probably uh, doesn't have uh, any rights to unfair dismissal, for example? Why then should an employer pay anything? Do you advise employers to always pay contractual notice or do you offer suggest to your employer clients that they should pay a little bit more? What does it vary? Yeah, I think in terms of calculating the amount you need to offer to the employee, my starting point would always be whatever the notice period would be, the, the cost of giving them actual notice. I would normally then add on the amount of money that the employee might be due to if they were to be made redundant and use that as a starting point. Once you've got that as a basic calculation, you can then look at the advantages to the company of getting rid of that employee now as opposed to in a couple of three months' time or however long it might take. And you might want to even add a little bit on to make it attractive to the employee because if these negotiations go well, you're going to get rid of the employee immediately instead of going through the, uh, a lengthy process. So each calculation is going to be different for each employee. Absolutely. So you can't have a set amount. I couldn't, I'd love to say to you, oh yeah, £5,000 always going to do it. But it isn't. Sometimes it's more. Sometimes it can be significantly less. It just depends entirely on the individual circumstances. And isn't it awkward when an employee rejects a settlement agreement as a concept or the amount of money which is offered? What do you do in those circumstances? What should employers do in those circumstances? Well, I think the first thing to do is to, to work out in your own mind why you're wanting to get rid of an employee. I can tell you, you're not going to be wanting to get rid of an employee because they've got red hair or they're overweight. You're going to be wanting to get rid of an employee because you have a genuine business reason. They've been disruptive to running the business in some way. And so what you would need to do is to say to the employee, look, you have done this, this and this as an employee. And by right, we should be starting a disciplinary process with you. But I don't want to do that because I respect you as a person, something along those lines. And therefore, I'd like to offer you a settlement agreement rather than starting a disciplinary process. So the employee then starts off, if you like, a bit on the back foot because they know that you don't like them yes. uh, and, uh, and what you're going to do if they don't accept it. Um, but of course, 
you will have explained to them at the outset what exactly a settlement agreement is and that you're having a protected conversation with them and that if they wish to at any point in the future, they're not going to be able to bring up this conversation in a court of law. So even if the whole thing fails and you don't get a settlement agreement, they can't tell the court whether it's an employment tribunal or a a civil court, they can't say to the court, ah, well, they offered me so much to go and and I just didn't want to accept it. Thank you. Talking about references, everybody wants to reference when they leave a job. But if you're leaving um, with a settlement agreement, what is the normal position or what is your recommendation for references, if at all? My recommendation for references really to all employers generally, whether it's on a settlement agreement or not, is to simply put the fact the facts. The employee worked for me from such and such a date to such and such a date as in such a position um, and they uh, and they left the company. They were not dismissed or they, they agreed to pursue their career elsewhere, something along those lines. If either the employer or the employee is absolutely insistent that we should say something generally nice in reference, then I would use words like the employee always did everything to the best of their ability, which actually, if you analyse it, really isn't saying anything at all. That's very crafty. I like that a lot, isn't it? And if you're dealing with uh, a settlement agreement in relation to a more senior person within a company, does obviously difficulty when that member of staff no longer shows up to work. Everybody within the company will be wondering where is, for example, the managing director. Um, What's your advice to employers in relation to the announcement, if any, about the Mm. departure? The terms of the settlement agreement must be absolutely confidential between the parties. So you can't uh, put a notice up saying, oh, hi guys, this bloke's left us now, we agreed a settlement agreement, we gave him some money to go and he went. You cannot do that. So what you would do, if you must put a notice up, um, and I think it's probably sensible to do so because everybody's going to be wondering. And if you, say, if you say nothing, then people imply things into, uh, into it that are, that are not necessarily there. So I would put a notice up saying that you'd agreed with Fred, or whoever it was, to... Uh, that he would be pursuing his career outside the company and that we wish him all the best for his future. I think that's absolutely sound advice, I really do. But you're making it sound like a settlement agreement is absolutely amazing from everybody's perspective that surely there must be some disadvantages to the settlement agreement process. Can you think of any? If so, what are they? Do you know, I don't think there are too many disadvantages to a settlement agreement. You could be paying out a little more money than you might otherwise uh, be paying out. But for the peace of mind that a settlement agreement offers you, because you cannot be taken to an employment tribunal or a civil court if you have a signed agreement, then that's I, Linda, such good peace of mind. I agree with you again. Um, I can't see really a downside. The, in my experience, the clean break is something that all the parties like, which takes us to the parties, i.e. the solicitors. So I appreciate that you do need a solicitor to, or a trade union representative, I think, to sign off a settlement agreement. But what's the position with the employee's uh, legal fees? Well, I always suggest to uh, an employer that they should make a contribution towards the legal fees. My general advice is somewhere between £200 and £300. A lot of solicitors will ask for significantly more. But generally speaking, if you write back to the solicitor and say, well, no, we're not paying anymore, then they 
nine times out of ten I accept that. But I usually, as I say, make a suggested contribution between 200 and 300 pounds. Yeah, that's pretty much the going rate, I would say. And uh, in terms of employers, have you got any final tips for employers generally in the HR landscape at the moment or more specifically in relation to how they deal with settlement agreements? I think honesty with employees is always a really good idea. You know, if you have somebody who's a thorn in your side, if you sit them down and say, do you know, you're a real thorn in my side, they actually almost respect you for saying it. And it's quite, it's not a bad idea. Um, you know, God forbid, they might even improve to actually, if you want to keep them. But um, it's always a good idea. I, I'm a great believer in being honest with employees and telling them exactly how you feel about them, rather than dressing things up. The number of times I'm asked, oh, we've created a redundancy situation so we can get rid of this bloke we don't like. I always say, why don't you deal with the problem you've got instead of the problem you're instead of creating a different one? I think that's absolutely sage advice. It really is. And I think that's utterly refreshing to hear it as well. Um, so how do people find out more about um, Linda Fenton and Impact HR? Well, we have a website. Our website is impact.biz, that's B-I-Z, and you'll see all the services we offer on there. We can help with settlement agreements. We can help with any other process to do with employees in your business. Well, Linda, it's been an absolute pleasure having you here. I've learned a lot. I'm sure those listening to our podcast have learned a lot. And I no doubt we'll see you around in the future. Thank you very much, Linda. Thank you, Andrew.